You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Foxcatcher. Do you have any idea who I am? Some rich guy calls you on the phone. I wanted to speak with you about what you hope to achieve. What do you hope to achieve, Mark? I want to be the best in the world. Good. There's a key for you. Also, big house is off limits. Okay. Coach DuPont has a vision. He would like Foxcatcher to be the official training site for the national team. What's he get out of all this? What are you thinking? This is it. This is all that we've that we've ever wanted. Mark, you have been living in your brother's shadow your entire life. It's your time now. I promise you, I'll give you everything I have. I am leading men, and I am giving America hope. I spent my lifetime looking for a father, and I have found one in John Dupont. It doesn't matter. The sport of wrestling is a low sport, and I don't like to see you being low. Why is there nobody in the gym? Yeah, no, I gave you. You ungrateful ape. Mark. 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 Easy. Good. Yeah, I don't need your help. I tell him what's going on with you and DuPont. Hey, what did I just say? A coach is a father. Coaches, a mentor. Coach has great power on an athlete's life. Alright everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Foxcatcher and the story is as follows. When wealthy John DuPont invites Olympic wrestler Mark Schultz to move his estate and help form a wrestling team for the 1988 Olympics, Mark sees a way to step out of the shadow of his charismatic brother Dave. However, DuPont begins to lead Mark down a dark road, causing the athlete's self-esteem to slip. Meanwhile, DuPont becomes fixated on bringing Dave into the fold, eventually propelling all three toward an unforeseen tragedy. The film is starring Steve Carell, Channing Tatum, Mark Ruffalo, and Vanessa Redgrave. It is directed by Bennett Miller and written by E. Max Fry and Dan Futterman. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Amanda Spears. Hello. Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Dan Baer. Oh, Lord. And Danilo Castro. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Dan, that didn't sound very... We'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Absolutely. So this is a continuation (laughs) of our 2014 retrospective series. Uh, Foxcatcher was a film that debuted at the Cannes Film Festival, uh, where Bennett Miller won the Best Director Award. We'll get into its award season run later on in the podcast. Uh, But this is a movie that is very interesting in that I continually see that people say that it's very underrated and I can tell after watching it for only a second time I've only ever seen this movie two times once in it's during its theatrical run and the second time for this podcast I can see where people are coming from with that sort of uh, take on the movie and I'm sure we'll definitely get a range of opinions here um, if uh, Dan's introduction is to be believed Uh, so 
I'm actually curious to hear what everyone else thinks of this movie upon this rewatch and uh, what they thought of it when it first came out in 2014. Why don't we actually start off with Josh Parm? Josh, what do you got? Oh, well, you're going to start with me. Um, okay. <laughs> well, um, cards on the table. This is my favorite movie of 2014. Woo! And not oh, only that. Josh. Not only that, it is one of my favorite movies of the entire decade. Oh, I, gosh. I absolutely love this film. I am a huge Bennett Miller fan to begin with. I'm a diehard of his, even though he's only made three movies in 15 years, which I'm still upset about. He's got a perfect filmography. He does. He's <laughs> he does. Three. To me, he, he does. And I think that every one of his films is great, and I think this one is no different. I am so into the way that he tackles stories where it's very meditative and methodical and some would say slow, but I find it to be so particular in terms of how he goes about telling these stories. And I love that this story in, indulges in some very grandiose themes and some very intimate and small character study moments as well. And I think all of it is so perfectly realized with the way that he goes about it, the way that these performances are delivered. I truly do believe that for me, it is one of the greats out there. And yes, it's my favorite film of 2014. Okay. Now of the reactions that I know so far, let's kick it over now to Dan Bear, and then we'll get to the two reactions I don't know, which is Danilo and Amanda. So Dan, your retort. <laughs> <laughs> meh. Oh, just a meh. It's fine. I I kind of I kind of hate this movie for what it <laughs> became. Not not on its own merits, on its on its own merits. I think it's very good, but not anywhere close to the best film of 2014. Sorry, Josh. Um, it's all right. But I, I, wait, out of curiosity, Dan, when you say what it became, are you referring to how it was then perceived after it missed its best picture nomination that year? No, I'm referring to it becoming all about Steve Carell. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because you have Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo doing the very best work of their career, like leaps and bounds beyond anything that certainly Channing Tatum had ever done before, and so much more nuanced and interesting than whatever the fuck Steve Carell is doing. And everyone just couldn't like got their panties in a twist because oh my god Steve Carell's wearing a pound of makeup okay okay I could see that I, I I can see that I get that I think that um there there are two spots where I because I think the film is good but where it falls to third in Bennett Miller's um filmography for me is pretty much two things um, one is I think it buys into its own grandeur a bit too much. I think it is way too self-serious and self-satisfied. And the other is Steve Carell's performance, which I think is an even easier, more obvious performance than the Oscar winning Best Supporting Actor performance from that year. So, yeah. Jeez. Okay. I know. I have all the hot takes on 2014. <laughs> well, let's pass it over to the queen of hot takes next and see what she has to say. I'm, I'm curious, Amanda, uh, what are your thoughts ultimately on Foxcatcher? Um, general thoughts. I think 
it spent too much time on the Channing Tatum, Steve Carell aspect of it, and not enough on what led this man, what led John Dupont to kill Mark Ruffalo's character, mm. and then the aftermath, because you know there's a standoff. This kind of actually led me down like this whole Foxcatcher road, <laughs> where I had to go watch like the documentary on Netflix. Yeah. Which is weird because in the documentary with people who were around at the time, they don't even mention his brother. That's interesting, right? That the movie would choose to focus so much then on Mark rather than Dave, where truly the I feel like the antagonistic relationship was between DuPont and Dave, obviously, because he shot him. Yeah. Hmm. And they had like yeah. one incident. Okay, interesting. It's interesting that you say that because uh, while I haven't watched the, the documentary... Apparently, this movie is, like, very, very, very... Like, the real story is way weirder than this movie. I will admit that I have not seen the documentary on Netflix, uh, Team Foxcatcher. I wanted to actually try not to. I'm going to watch it, actually, as soon as we're done recording this, before I go to sleep tonight, because... I didn't want it to really impact my perception of the movie on its own, but I can wholeheartedly understand if they're trying to deviate and create a story that wasn't really there. And it's obviously the first thing that pops up when the movie begins based on a true story, you know, so they're taking liberties with a lot of it, I'm sure. Well, it has his widow in it. It has some people who who were trainers and and security around. And, you know, it almost, I I hate saying this because I know we live, everything's a limited series now. It sounds like when I saw the documentary, it would almost have been a better limited series. Mm. Because mm. there was so much going on in this man's mind that, like, you know, there were warning signs. There were, you know, there was a lot of stuff that was missed, and it was unfortunate. But I, I think Steve Carell is a soft lead. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted to love Channing Tatum, but I almost feel like when I saw it the second time, he was kind of a little out of his league, going opposite. Steve Carell and Mark Ruffalo. Okay, interesting. Because, uh, Dan, you would argue that Steve Carell's out of his league, maybe, going up against the other two, right? I absolutely. Interesting. I think Channing Tatum is far and away the best performance in the movie. I think uh, let's, so let, let's do this really quick. Uh, Josh Parm, of the three, best in show. You can only pick one. Um, I would actually easily say Channing Tatum is the best. Dan Bear? Channing Tatum. Amanda. With Mark Ruffalo, a very close second. Mark Ruffalo. All right. He has a physicality to this role and the way he transforms that you don't see. And, and you know, this was the beginning of his, his best yeah. two years he had. He had this, he had the normal heart, and then he had Spotlight. So he, he was really at the peak. It did, this was so different from anything else that he has ever done. And I really respect how he transformed himself for this in a way I, I don't remember. It made me really respect Mark Ruffalo more. I actually would agree with uh, Amanda in this case. Um, uh, Mark Ruffalo's on, uh, performance on a second viewing stood out to me actually the most of the three. Although I would argue... Um, that I think all three of them are excellent. Danilo, kick us off by telling us who's best in show and your ultimate general thoughts on Foxcatcher. <laughs> um, I agree with Amanda and with you, Matt. I do think Ruffalo is the best in show. Um, I think uh, emotionally, I think he conveys the most with the least amount of screen time. 
And mm -hmm. so I think in terms of impact per frames on screen, he maximizes. Overall, I'm going to say I'm between Dan and Josh uh, on this one. I like the movie. I think the direction's great. I think there's great little directorial flourishes throughout. I think the performances are largely very good. Where my issues lie and where I think the performances maybe come up short for people depending on who you are, I think narratively it's a little weak. And I think the film is unclear with regards to is John DuPont our main character or is Mark Schultz our main character? Because there are moments where there's just scenes with either one, but I feel like we're constantly seeing the other from their perspective. I don't feel like we're given much insight. And so I never feel like I connect with anyone really. And so I end up coming away from this feeling a little bit cold. It's more appreciation rather than connection. And that's kind of my issue with the film. I had actually forgotten what my criticism of this movie was when I sat down to watch it for a second time. I remember I had a criticism of it. I remember it was a big one. And I just couldn't remember what it was. I know it still made my top 10 in 2014. And then I watched it again this time. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm saying to myself, this is a perfect movie. Holy crap, this is a perfect movie. Everything about this is nailing it. Mm. And then the ending came. And I remembered what it was that held me back from being like, this is a 10 out of 10 perfect movie. And that is the fact that, Danilo, what you just mentioned about this movie being cold and it amounting to almost nothing. And we're going to probably get into a thematic conversation in regards to what this movie is ultimately about. To me, this movie is about a world that I personally don't understand, and that is the world of competitive sports. And you have all these guys that are training to win these medals, be the best in the world. Competition is a huge driving factor for a lot of people in life. It's a great motivator. It's, it's, it teaches you a lot of life lessons for self-betterment. I get that. And I think the smartest thing that the movie does with all of this is that it weaves it into the characters' uh, psychological um, mindsets and uh, examines what they're actually looking for as individuals, as people. I think that's actually the smartest thing that the movie does. But at the end of this movie, there's someone that's been murdered, and there's this feeling of it just felt like it was all meaningless and it was all pointless and it left me so unfulfilled because the movie also ends at a point with the character of Mark where we don't know what he's going through. It's all inferred maybe or we're supposed to just be left with this ambiguity but the movie just abruptly ends and I, I, I it, it's chilling. I'll use another word instead of cold but not in the way that I wanted it to be. I, it's kind of amazing because for the first uh, uh, like four fifths of the movie, it really does like kind of envelop you and involve you. And it, it tightens ever so slowly and ever so slightly until you realize like, holy shit this is going to all explode and I can't breathe. And then it doesn't so much explode as just like, just let all the air out. It's a whimper. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, I agree. The, the end is a, is a big disappointment. It doesn't, 
I feel like it's kind of going for this Greek tragedy like inevitability, but it it doesn't get there. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of the 2014 film Foxcatcher, part of our 2014 retrospective series here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this hour and 15 minute long review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.